Hey there, it's Margaret, bringing you the fourth of six episodes I'm airing as part of a collaboration with Frank Juarez and Art Dose Magazine and their annual group exhibition, Indiana Green, which features Wisconsin artists and is being held in Wausau at the Center for Visual Arts. The opening reception is July 23rd, and you can see the exhibit through September 11th. So all you Wisconsin people, make plans to go check this out. This year's show explores the tactility of material, tenacity, and the presence of the handmade, which are all great topics to explore during a conversation. Today, you're going to hear from Chelsea Littman, a glass blower living in Door County, Wisconsin, and trying to make a good impression with her empire of empties. Her sand cast glass bottle shrines are all about filling the void. Chelsea is a hot shop assistant for Popelka Trenchard Glass Studio and also focuses on developing her own artwork, which attempts to transform a moment, a snapshot, into an everlasting object that's heavy and tangible and solid instead of lost adrift in the cloud. During our conversation, Chelsea talks about the dance that happens while glass blowing, mountain biking, and the collaborative nature of her craft. Please follow Chelsea on Instagram. And of course, links and takeaways are in the show notes and on her episode page at AuthenticObsessions.com. If you like this episode, if it resonates with you, and if you can think of one other person that might appreciate it, please share the link with them. This project is about creating a community and sharing the stories and experiences of creative souls. All right, without further ado, here is my conversation with Chelsea Littman. Hey, Chelsea, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Margaret. It's wonderful to be here. You are one of the five female artists selected for the Indiana Green exhibit that's curated by Frank Juarez and Art Dose magazine. And I'm really excited to dig into the work that you're doing for them. But can you just start off by telling us a little bit about your creative path and what brought you where you are now to Sturgeon Bay to a glass studio? Sure. Um, it actually kind of felt serendipitous, um, kind of like fate led me here and I'm exactly where I need to be right now. I was always interested in doing stuff with my hands. Like I have a hard time sitting still and I like um, figuring things out and and like um, I'm very tactile. Like I just enjoy, I have to touch everything. So I got into like art club at a very young age, like like elementary school. I was already like staying after school doing art projects and it, you know, sometimes it'd just be like, you know, coloring tin foil and, you know, like tie dye and like, you know, like, like whatever, but I knew right away, like I just wanted to be making and doing. And uh, then I, I ended up going to Cleveland School of the Arts, which you actually had to like audition. It was kind of like a public school, but it focused on the arts and it had like all kinds of arts involved. Um, so I, I went for visual arts. Then I got into ceramics while I was there and spent a lot of time in the ceramic studio. Like I was there like way late. <laughs> like I just like, I practically like, I, I said I like lived down there. Like it was like my favorite place in the whole building. And then from there that led me to Alfred University, which was renowned for its ceramics program. So, oh man, that, that school was like fantastic. I mean, I had absolutely no idea what the whole like um, school loan situation was going to be when I finished, but I'm still glad that I went and I was so happy to be there. And I got so much out of it, just learning, oh man, about how, 
how, how to even have a creative practice and how to like um, develop ideas and see them through from start to finish and be resourceful and like work with what you have. Like all that came from Alfred. And then there is where I found glass blowing. And I had absolutely no idea this could even be an option or a possibility or like, I'm like, this exists. Like, like why didn't no one ever tell me that this is real? Like, it's like all I ever want to do like from here on I was like fell in love immediately and um like I'm still chasing it I'm still like how can I how can I be active with glass in my life and like it's definitely like a difficult medium to work with it's not like you know you can't just go to the art store and pick up your glass blowing furnace like you have to like have a community and like and like work with other people it's not easy to do like <laughs> But I think that's half of what I love about it is how difficult it is and how unusual it is. Well, you talked about your experience at Alfred, and I often talk to people who describe their art school experience as we weren't really taught like how to go live in the world once our program was done. It was here are technical things. Here's how you think about art. We're going to study the great masters. But it sounds like your experience was a little bit different there. Did you feel... Do you feel like you're you were more prepared for um for like the artist's life in terms of business and mm. you know oh, those man. kinds of things or no <laughs> I still don't feel prepared for that but well. um yeah no I mean I I definitely felt like I I learned a lot of like I don't know how I made it through sometimes. Like, <laughs> I'm like, how did I even, how did I even do that? And especially like the, the few years after graduating where I, I was making like $10 an hour and like riding my bicycle and like, Ooh, it was <laughs> lean, <laughs> like, but that was still like good lessons on like, <laughs> like how to even survive. Like, right. Yeah. So I do feel like I wasn't quite ready to um, face the fact that I couldn't use those studios anymore. I miss the facility so much. Like, I think I'm still grieving <laughs> the loss of like that studio and having everything you could think of needing to make whatever oh. you could imagine. And I'm still like, wait, what? I, I don't have that? Like, crap. Like, I have this idea and it's like, it's huge and it's awesome and it could be so beautiful. And I'm like, Oh, wait, I, I don't have what I need to do that. Like, I got to try and figure out a way to resolve it without all the equipment that I like dream of one day still having. Okay, so glass. I have so many questions because I'm just fascinated by the whole process. Okay, so first, let's talk about the process of your glass making because I was reading an article that you were in, there were a couple terms you talked about and you have to define them for me. Okay. There's one, the hot shop and then the glory hole. Okay. So the hot shop is where all the hot working happens. It usually contains a glass furnace that holds molten glass 24 seven and um, reheating chambers, which are called the glory holes. And those are used to um, keep the glass hot as you're working. So usually it's like a a dance in between like gathering the glass, shaping the glass, heating the glass, and then uh, all the different ways of heating and shaping. So um, you can make, you know, endless things using these tools. Yeah. Yeah. You talk, you talk about the dance between the glass and sort of your response to how it's behaving. 
Do you go into like a glass blowing session with an exact idea of what you're doing? Or sometimes does the glass respond in a different way and you just have to sort of move with it? And it's a collaboration mm-hmm. between you and the glass along with the other people who are helping you? Um, yeah, it's kind of both. Like um, you have your idea. Um, and I work with Stephanie Trenchard and Jeremy Popelka as their assistants. So a lot of the times when I go into work, I'm, I'm like, okay, what are we making today? So then I know, like, what tools do you need? How do you want things set up? And, like, um, a little bit more of an idea of what to expect as far as timing and um, the way it might flow. Um, but then there are there are moments, like, throughout where it's like, you know, uh, whoops, okay. And then you have to adjust your path. And then, <laughs> But you right. can usually, like, have the fun. You can usually bring it back around. You still, like, get it kind of back to what you were going for, like, your original idea. But sometimes it's just a different path to get there. Yeah, that makes sense. I saw that you were, you did a project where you were sculpting your head in glass. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Tell us how that project came about. Okay. So we had a guest artist, Jaime Guerrero, came to stay for a week and um, worked on some of his work and then um, like worked with Stephanie and Jeremy on some of their work. And I got to assist with all that. And then there was just like this day, they're like, hey, you want to sculpt something? And I'm like, yeah, let's like, I want to try a head too. Cause I just like watched them all sculpting heads and faces. I'm like, well, let me like try what I've been watching all week. So um, I was like, I'll do like a self portrait. Cause it's like at least a face that I'm familiar with. And then, <laughs> and they actually, it isn't that bad. Like it, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty similar. Like, I mean, I could see all the things that are off about it and wrong, which I tend to, um, I'm really good at finding the flaws. I have a really good eye for that. It's a, it could be a struggle. Sometimes I have to like literally walk away and come back and I'll be like, oh, okay, it's, it's good. It's okay. It's just, I'll just like zone right in on that. Like one thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> nope. Ears on the cheek. It's wrong. Gone. Garbage. But uh, no, it turned out pretty good. Like um, it was, it was really fun. Cause I don't, I haven't really done a lot of sculpting and that's, um, but I've like seen it a lot. Um, other artists and um it's really, it's a, it's a fat, it's fascinating. And it's really cool. Just how you can draw with hot glass. It's beautiful. Oh, and, that's you know, crazy. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. For the exhibit, for the Indiana green exhibit, you are creating these pieces and it feels like you're transforming these moments mm. into solid objects, right? Oh, that's such a nice way of putting it. Yes. Yes. That's you, pretty much exactly it. I'm you, doing, um, hot castings. So it's actually a little bit different process using hot glass than, than blowing. So um, with hot casting, you create a mold and we, we do sand casting. So um, we use a um, an olivine, a really soft green sand um, that's usually mined in Norway and mix that up with a little bit of bentonite and just the right amount of water. And it creates this like light, fluffy, delicious sand, really good for impressions. So, um, so I've been using, I've been using actual bottles and making impressions like half, half of the bottle and like getting the exact shape of it. And, um, and then pouring those And some of those pours are really challenging as far as like, um, how skinny the neck is and like getting just the right amount. And sometimes it goes over a little bit and I'm just like, okay, (laughs) all this preparation goes into this moment where you just pour and then like it's like all or nothing in that one moment it's so good and then I've been creating these bases these little pedestals that'll hold them up and display them also made out of glass 
these pieces, you talked about filling the void mm. with these empire of empties. Can you mm. talk about where that came from? Yeah, I know. It's uh it is kind of oof. And I, I think I've just been trying, I've just been feeling a lot of that in my own life and in my own, like trying to work out being uh, like who I am and being like, like delighted by it and excited by it instead of beating myself up all the time and putting myself down all the time. So I quit drinking about two years ago and it kind of came out of like really quietly out of nowhere. Like I was just gonna, I was just gonna do this liver cleanse. It was like nine days and it just, you know, it was to help like clean out your system. And part of it was not drinking for nine days. And so after that, I just, I just kept going. I was like, okay, well, let me see how long I can just not, not partake in alcohol. And that journey has been interesting just because it's so much a part of the culture of like, it's just so ingrained in it. And it, and it has been for such a long time. Like, and that's something I liked about the, the bases for these being like, they make, they remind me of like ancient temples or pyramids or like, you know, like they have that kind of feeling to them, like, um, like the Mayan temples, um, is just kind of inspiration. So like, it's like this, like, we lift it up and we, we like appraise it and applaud it and keep like this alcohol is just on this pedestal that just, uh, it doesn't really need to be. I mean, like it's, it's technically a poison and it doesn't actually, I mean, it causes so much hurt, but at least in my life it has. So I feel like I needed to, I need to remove it, but then in the process of removing it, like what's left, like what void is left. So I guess I've just been trying to fill that void with glass and with making and with art and with positive encouragement for myself. <laughs> so I want to talk about transformation a little bit more. So you're transforming moments into these solid, solid objects. And I'm wondering if as you're creating these bottles and you're going through this process, if like your mental and emotional landscape is also changing, sometimes you're probably like really in the moment and you have to pay attention to what you're doing so you don't burn yourself and all of that stuff. But like, are there points where you feel sort of a personal transformation as you're also making the work? Yes, most definitely. And um, I think that's one thing I love about making the work is... Um, is seeing how it's changing me too. And um, like each day is different, like, and, and it comes like in waves, like, like fluctuations of like, you know, like moments where, yes, I do have to be fully present and fully engaged, like, especially like pouring, like if I'm thinking of anything else, then I could easily ruin that pour. But like, but like when I'm sifting sand and when I'm just prepping the sand for making the molds, like those are like some of the most like, um, profound realizations where it just like, it hits me that I'm just, I see like er everything that led me here and I see how far I've come. And then I'm just like, wow, whoa. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like it, it's, it can be really emotional sometimes. And I'm like, so invested. I put so much of myself into, a, into it. It takes a lot sometimes. And, um, and then the whole dynamic of working with other people and like trying to remain, um, 
you know, open and flexible and understanding and, and not, not like too deep in my feelings. So like, that's challenging, but yeah, I can, I can totally see, see the transformation in myself as I'm making the work. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. So let's talk about obsessions a little bit and just like, what is it all about for you? You know, what's that thing that keeps coming up all the time for you? Mm. Yeah, no, I, my first thought is it's the glass. Like I'm totally obsessed. Like, (laughs) and, um, it's, it's, oh, it's how it looks when it's hot. Oh, that's so good. Like, I'm just like in it for that all day, every day. Like, I just want to see it. (laughs) It's so beautiful. But then like, as it cools and like, like clear glass, especially there's so, oh, there's just this magical, incredible, like quiet, like quality to just thick, clear glass that just really, I, oh, I love that. I'm so into that. And, uh, and just the process. Oh, yeah, like how endless the possibilities are, um, as long as you are paying attention to what it likes and like what it wants. And like, it's so, yeah, I'm so into that. You have a collaboration and this intimate relationship with the glass itself. <clears throat> yeah. Because it keeps yeah. changing and you're changing. And to me, not ever having seen you work, but I can imagine that it feels really alive because it is moving and yeah. you're shaping it. And, um, in a way that paints or pastels, you know, yeah. it's not alive in that same way. So let's talk about the tactility mm. of this. You're touching it. You're feeling it. You talked about how you're a very tactile person and, uh, Frank talked about all of you, all five of you in this exhibit, in terms of tactility of the material that you're using. And can you talk about that a little bit more and what that feels like as you're like, what, what does that do to your soul when you're touching all this stuff? Mm. Okay. So one, one really cool thing about glass is like, you can't actually touch it. Like not like while it's hot, like you're, but, but your touch still affects it completely. And it's just, it's just like through the tools through the angle, through gravity, like, um, so it, it ends up being your whole body. Like it's, it's very physical and it's like, it's like some of it is heavy and it's all, it's all hot and it's radiating the heat onto you. And like, like it's, oh, it's, uh, it's like, it is like nothing I've ever experienced before. It's kind of hard to describe sometimes because just because it's like, oh, you have to like, (laughs) You have to be there sometimes to know what it's like. Um, I mean, it's cool that there's like a TV show now, so you can get like a general idea. But like when you're in there and you're just sweating and you're like super focused and just like trying to like, you know, it's almost like it's like wrestling, but dancing. But like, um, you know, you're like coaxing it. Like, can you please do what I want you to do? And like, (laughs) like I have this idea and like the glass is very much like, I have these exact things that you definitely need to be aware of. Like, you know, like don't shock it. Like you don't want to like move too much too fast. Like there's like, it's just, there's a rhythm to, to how it wants to flow that you have to be in tune with. But it's also like, there's these limits that you can push too. So it's like how close, like half the fun is like, how close to the edge can I get? Yeah. So it's like, I get to touch all kinds of things, but I can't actually touch the glass. And that's like, that's really fun and interesting. At what point, because when you actually 
are able to touch the glass, it's basically a finished piece. Is that right? Like you're done or can you go back? Do you go back in and are there things that you can change about a piece Um, after you've done the first? Yeah. One thing. Okay. So it's cool with the castings. Okay. So since they're sand molds, they'll cool down in a kiln for like three or four days, which is good for me because in the moment I'm always seeing the flaws, but then once I can walk away for three days, come back to it, I'm like, wow, these are great. (laughs) So that helps a lot. I love the kiln time. It really like gives me, lets me take a step back. And then, um, so then once they come out of the kiln, you got to take them out of the, the, remove the sand. So take them out of the mold and it just like breaks and crumbles apart after it um, cools down, it becomes brittle. So um, just pop all that off. And then you like wire brush everything and just like get, get it as clean as possible. And then I'll usually wash them after that. And it's that process that I really love. That's when you actually get to like touch it. That's when I actually get to hold it and feel it and like turn over my hands and like really like yeah. Yeah. I feel the texture and like the shape and the weight of it. Oh, I love feeling the weight of it when it comes up. And then, um, and then there's things you can do in the cold shop, which is where you can do grinding or polishing. So some of the bases I've been, um, giving them a little bit more of like a smoother facet and removing some of the roughness of the sand on some of the facets, which is also really tactile and really also really time consuming, <laughs> also really physically draining. So I try and like, you know, be gentle with myself <laughs> when I'm, when I'm like pushing forwards on like everything. The work you do is so physically demanding and you've talked about that a little bit, but what does it look like when you're doing some self-care? Like how do you rest and recover mm-hmm. from that physically demanding part of your job? What do you do to there's definitely like a solid half an hour to an hour after work that I pretty much stare at a wall and like <laughs> just like lay down and just like stare at the ceiling and just be like, just let it all like relax. And like, I also am really, really good about um, getting good sleep. Like when I look at the clock at night, I'm like, okay, I have this many hours if I go to sleep right now. And so I'm always like, it has to be more than eight or I'm just going to be like, nope, it's going to be a bad day tomorrow. So I'm really good about the amount of sleep I get. And I try and eat really well and um, pay attention to that. And I can always tell when I'm like, oh, you need to go to the grocery store. <laughs> like it's, You're getting a little bit cranky. <laughs> you don't have all your snacks that you need to get you through today. Like, And that's a really important too. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are, I, I try and sleep and eat good. And those are my main it feels a little bit like, you know, long distance runners or some endurance athletic event where, cause you can't really stop and be like, I'm just going to take a break for a half hour and go make some soup <laughs> because right. Because you can't, you have to, there's a right. certain amount of time where you aren't going to be able to move out of your position and you have to be strong yeah. and capable. And you're, you know, you can't be like dizzy from hunger or anything. Right. You really got to be focused. I imagine. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's and good. It's cool, um, with the assisting, I know all of the moments where I can walk away and drink water or walk away and just like eat a cookie or like, like, I know, like, I know that timing so well that I'm just like, okay, I got, I got like this one minute, like while you're doing this over here that I can go do this over here and then I come back. And so it's, yeah, I've been finding, like, I find those little moments where you, wherever you can to just be like, okay, like just take a minute. So a lot of artists are very isolated in the work that they do. 
but your work, you're collaborating with other people. You're really in the moment with two other artists at any given time. So it feels like you might have a good mix of some alone time, some time with other people. Talk about that a little bit. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I like the cold working because that is like quiet time alone where I'm just, it's just, I can just be gone and like in my own world. And um, yeah, I, I do. I do. I do have a good mix. I've, I've been trying to balance it nicely. I mean, I've always really been an introvert, but, um, but I'm also a Leo. So I'm very sociable and, <laughs> and like, I like, I like being um, with other people. And, but I do find like, I like smaller, like two to three people I feel most comfortable with. Once there's more than that, then I'm just like, <gasps> what? Like it's too much. Like I can't even, but yeah, I do find my, I do like having my quiet alone time too. So even before work, I usually take one to two hours of just like being alone in my room and like doing a little journaling or just like writing down what I need to try and get done for the week. And that's just like, drinking a little tea or a little coffee and just like having that, that time before I even like go deal with people at all. Like I need that. I need that. And then, um, yeah. And then there's like, you know, then it's like a solid four to five hours of interaction. And, um, there are days where even that feels like too much. And on those days, I just try to like, I'm going to go sit outside for five minutes. I'll be right back. Like where I just like, I just like need a minute to just walk away. And it's like, sometimes it can be too much and yeah I try and take care of like that nice balance um so yeah I'm actually nice when I'm with other people <laughs> talk a little bit about your support system how do you find support in other ways either in the arts community or I don't know friends or family or mm. oh yeah um my family definitely they're so proud of me and they're so supportive and they love like everything I do um sometimes I'm like guys it's not that great calm down but like Aww. <laughs> but it, it is really beautiful it is really sweet like I love my family so much and um I'm like even though I moved hundreds of miles away from you I still love you sorry guys and like <laughs> but they're like they're totally like my cheerleaders I feel uh, and then here I feel like I've definitely made like a good I've made a good amount of people that also support and and actually a lot of the time I, re- I have to remind myself that I'm not alone and that I can ask for help. Like I have these resources, I have this awesome community. And um, that's one thing I'm working on is to be able to, to ask more or, you know, to, to feel more comfortable asking, I guess. And, um, and taking advantage of all the wonderful people who are also here. It's such a hard thing to do to ask for help, isn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. I'm like, wow. I mean, uh, I mean, part of it is really like, um, I've been trying to just be okay with wanting anything like, like, wait, so like, it's okay to want something and then to like ask for it and then to like, maybe even get it. Like, this is like, what? Like, that's, that's possible. Like, this is amazing. Like, holy cow. I didn't even know. But like, I also was the middle child. So I feel like I got a lot of like overlooked or like the answer was always no or something, you know, like I'm still like getting over that childhood trauma of being told no so many times. Do different parts of your inner critic show up when you're getting ready to put work in an exhibit as opposed to just, you know, our normal everyday inner critic? I love that question. No, you're totally right. It's like this critic just like gets really, really extra like, ooh, I'm like, whoa, I didn't even know like I could be that mean to myself. Like, <laughs> And I have to like 
shut it down. I, I've been getting really good at catching myself and be like, no, not truth. Stop it. Like, like, don't even go there. Like, like you have enough to worry about. You don't need to beat yourself up. Like just focus on getting what you can done and doing your best and don't worry about it. So is it all self-talk that helps you? Are there other ways you build yourself back up when you have all this mm. like self-doubt? Mm. Oh yeah. I guess, I guess a lot of self-talk is a, the main one. I mean, I've also been, um, I've been mountain biking and <laughs> that is like a whole nother adventure and like, um, a really good way to like, look at yourself hard. And like, <laughs> like when it's just like, it's just you controlling this bicycle. Like you are leading yourself where you are going. Like you are responding to your environment. Like you are in, either in control of it or not in control of it. Like it is all like, it's just you. And like, that has been like, um, uh, like meditation or like therapy or, or I don't know, like both of those things. Like it definitely, um, like, yeah, when I go for a ride, it, it really, oh, it brings me back. And it just like helps me see myself very clearly. Yeah. It helps the, the voice shut up. Cause I'm like, no, no. Like, cause the whole time I, the whole time I have to tell myself, you got it. You can do it. You got this. You can do it. So it's like, it's really good practice yeah. to just like apply to everything else in my life. So that's been really helpful. I feel like mountain biking is a lot like glass blowing where you're not in control. You are in control of your environment and which way you steer and all of that. But there's these obstacles that come up mm -hmm. in your way, right? There's the boulder, there's the mm -hmm. stick, uh -huh. <clears throat> there's the tree branch and you have to pay really close attention yep. and it you can't, all of your attention. You yeah, got which is great. Yeah. So you can't like focus on yourself and all the, Oh, poor me oh, or whatever. Yeah, know, right? right. The pity thing. Yes, right. Exactly. So no time yeah. for that. Or you're going to hurt yourself. Like, yeah. Oh, maybe I need to do something like that. I do love that. It's like glass blowing. That's one of the things I love about mountain biking. Yeah. Very similar. How do you think about the life of your pieces, not in terms of your inner critic, but like, once your art pieces leave this intimate nature of the studio and mm -hmm. go to this bigger space where people are interacting with it, do you, do you think about reactions or conversations that other people are going to have about your work? And like, what do you hope happens there? Mm. Oh, well, I just want someone to love them as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like like a mom like like little ducklings going out in the world I'm like guys I hope they're nice to you don't <laughs> drop me I know right like I hope they treat you okay yeah I just want I just want people to really um I don't know I guess see what I see in it yeah Frank also talks about this presence of the handmade and I'm wondering when you hear the word handmade what does that bring up for you in terms of creating your work or viewing other people's work? Like what does handmade mean to you? Mm, okay. Yeah, no, I like, I like seeing the hand in the work. I mean, and everyone's hands are different, which I really love too. So I've been enjoying seeing my hand and being like, oh, cool. That's, that's like, that's what my hands can do. Like, it's amazing. I've had some rough, rough spells with the word handmade where it feels too much like an insult or like, um, like it's like, it's, mm, you know, like it's wonky or it's like, it has personality or like, it's, I'm like, yeah, but it could still be like pristine and tight and clean and nice. So there has been a little bit of a struggle with the word handmade in, in my past where I'm just like, yeah, but it can still be like 
beautiful and perfect. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It can still be, people talk about the distinction between art and craft. Mm. And I feel like you are squarely in the center of that where it, what you're doing is fine art. It's also a craft in the most positive sense of that word. Right. And I feel like there's a lot of tension between those two words. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really more just all the connotations around the word craft and handmade. Like it's lesser than, but it's not man. Like craft is hard and I appreciate fine craftsmanship. Like even when I see it in other, in other things, like, it's just like things that are nicely made and just like, um, like you can feel the love that was put into them. That's what I love. That's, that's nice craftsmanship. And that is, I don't know, that's just as up there with art for me. You can feel the energy mm-hmm. around a that. piece of work, right? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a sketchbook practice? Oh, I have a, I have a pretty lovely leather bound handmade sketchbook that I'm like going to be so sad when I fill it, but I've also like Chelsea, just use it. It's good for you. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, that one I've been using just this year, actually. Oh, it's gorgeous. <gasps> Look at that. Did you buy it up in Door County? It was a gift, which makes it even oh. more beautiful. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I think I actually, I got it as a gift in like 2018, but I haven't really started using it until like just this year, pretty much. I had a few things in here, but it's like the paper feels so good. And like, I've, I started using colored pencils in it and like, man, it's so awesome. I love it. And then, so the last thing I wrote, I should share this with you. So the last thing I wrote is this week, I will stop under underestimating the power of my drive and what I can accomplish. So sometimes it's just like, just reminders for myself to like, keep going. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. Oh, beautiful. What's going around in your head that's provoking the next piece or series that you want to do mm. when you're done with this? Oh, man. I don't know if I've let myself think about <laughs> anything after. I'm just like, just make it there first and then, <laughs> and then we'll go from there. But I have been working um, with some enamels on, on cast glass frames. So I kind of want to get back into that. Cause I haven't, that, that kind of just like took a break while I've been working on, on the show work. And, um, I was just really getting to like a place where I was really liking how they were looking and they were really like becoming a little bit more resolved and technically better. And, um, but I, um, so I've been taking, I got a Polaroid camera, one of those little mini ones. And um, that might be one of my other obsessions. <laughs> I really love it. And um, so I have a whole bunch hanging up all over and I love the color quality and I've been doing the enameling based on Polaroid. So I've been painting these Polaroid images into frames and, um, and then firing them. And I really, I'm enjoying, I would like to get back to that. That's what I'm, I'm going to look forward to doing that after. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Do you feel less pressure to create your own work or where the next idea is going to come from because you have this other gig, because you're working as an assistant Mm -hmm. for these other people and your time, you know, that at least you get to work with glass. And even if it's not your own idea, it's still really a lovely, satisfying, purposeful thing that you're doing, or do you feel more pressure because 
you only have a certain amount of time to do the things that you want to do or do Mm -hmm. not think about it at all. I would say definitely more pressure. I definitely, um, I'm always like, I should be in my studio. I should be doing like, I like, I, cause yeah, there isn't a lot of time. And like all of my, a lot of the majority of my time is already parceled out like to everything else. And I'm just like, okay, but like, I would really like to get in there and I really like to work on this and I really like to develop my own ideas. And it's just, yeah, I, I put, but I do put a lot of pressure on myself and I know that I could probably relax a little bit and let some of that go. And, um, and just allow it to flow when it flows and not, not be so hard on myself, which is a theme in my life that I've been working on for a long time. <laughs> yeah. You are not alone there. <laughs> I want to talk about studio space a little bit, and I'm assuming that you might have several spaces that you work in. There's the big space, right? But it's not really like your own little studio where you know, right, right. Everything is. Yeah. So talk about all your different spaces. All my different spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So there's the glass shop, um, Papelka Trencher Glass Studio, where I get to do the hot work, which is really wonderful. And I do have like a table there that I, that I have like, so I have like my one little table <laughs> in the glass shop that I, I keep my stuff on and I work with. And, um, yeah. And then I have, um, I have another space at, um, down the street. It's at the tambourine lounge and, um, that's where I'm at right now. It's actually a little bit too crowded and I need to, I feel, I feel like I'm at a point where I need to purge some things, um, or at least, you know, completely reorganize. Like it, it might be too much, but it's, a, it's kind of amazing how many things that I have actually, it surprises me all the time. Um, but yeah, just like, yeah, like, the collection of things I've made over four years. It's crazy. Um, and then things I'm working on right now. And then, um, and then currently at home in the garage, I have kind of a wood shop set up. <laughs> so, um, so I've been working on making these pedestals to display the castings on. And so I've just been doing that in the garage, which is really interesting. I do feel like strung out all over the place where um, I'm always constantly moving things. And I have a little bit of an epic box collection because I feel like I always need them. And then they're, they're never where I need them because they're always in the other space. So it gets to be a little bit ridiculous, but I'm like, Hey, if I ever need to move anything, I should be good. You're set. Is there something in your studio that you can't live without? Oh yeah. No, I was thinking about that question because I've heard you ask um, other artists about that. And you know what? Surprisingly, a good pair of scissors. I feel like I always need a good pair of scissors. Like that's what I'm uh, so handy. Like, <laughs> like good for everything. Like That is, yes, it. yes. That is an excellent, excellent thing. <laughs> I have lots and lots of scissors in nice. my life. Yeah. I love a good pair of scissors. Talk about your uniform. Do you have a uniform? Mm. Okay. Yeah. So you're different areas of work? No, it depends. Yeah. It depends what job I'm doing at the time, but generally, um, like for, for hot working, I like cotton clothes and I'll usually wear pants even when it's hot out, just because I like the protection on my legs. So like jeans and a t-shirt generally. And then I got, um, a good pair of, uh, Doc Martens I usually wear that feel like safe and like, I like them. They're comfortable Yeah, and they're pretty cool. Yeah. And then one thing I like about my tambourine space is it's it's not as uh, like the wardrobe is a little more um, free. So usually when I come and work here, I'm like, 
I'm going to put on my cute clothes that like, you know, I never get to wear anywhere because I'm working all the time. So like, I'm going to wear my super patterned leggings and like my nice boots and like really comfortable tank top and like whatever, you know? So like, I feel like I can like be a little bit more like fun in my, in my clothes. Yeah. I'd say that's my main. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Talk a little bit about your relationship with social media. Mm. You know, I know it exists and I should probably use it. Chelsea, Chelsea. <laughs> I know, I know it's so bad. I am, uh, yeah, I struggle with it. I'm just like, I mean, okay, honestly, I finally started Instagram like last year. And I think I only did that because of the pandemic. So I might have still went even longer if that didn't happen. Um, but I'm, I'm working on it. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely not generally speaking, I just like screens don't hold my attention as easily as like, I don't know, objects do. So, so I do, I do have a hard time with technology and um, sharing. You have really awesome photos though. I mean, the work that you do. I'll try and make it count. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Like you get one a week, I'll give you a good one. Like if you're lucky, sometimes it's like, here's five once a month. It's so interesting to see your process though. It's, but it's also really hard. You can't be like blowing glass and then all of a sudden be like, Hey, hold this for me while I take a photo. I mean, it's also the nature of the work that you do. So seeing a finished piece or taking, having someone else take your picture. Right. Yep. And when you're in the moment, you don't want to stop that flow of where you are. So I totally get that, but it is really fun to see the studio shots, the glass blowing, even just your finished projects and, Thank and you. all of the steps that you're taking to get to the finished project. I think it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate the things that you share. And I also totally understand you not wanting to do it and that it doesn't hold your attention because <laughs> you can go down a nasty little rabbit hole with that thing. Yeah. So engage in the real world. Do you have any, um, quotes or sayings or mottos that you have like tacked up on your wall or things that you tell yourself every day that you could share with us? Mm. No, what I have tacked on my wall is, um, is my to-do board. So there's four columns and it's one is to do one is today, one is doing, and one is done. And then there's just like post-it notes. And some of the done column gets rotated back to to-do because it's like happens continuously or, you know, or, you know, often, you know, like cold working or whatever. Right. Yeah. So that's like, that's the main thing I have. But as far as like um, mottos or sayings, like, see, I mean, what do I tell myself a lot? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, sometimes I'm just like, girl. And does that work? It does. It does. Excellent. Because <laughs> it usually will make me giggle and be like, I know, right? Oh, I know, right? That's one thing I'm always telling myself. Because you do know, you do know really what's exactly. true and real for you, but you forget. Like we right. forget all the time what's real right. and true. Yep. Oh, yeah. So exactly. to have that little catchphrase that reminds mm-hmm. you of that yeah. is great. What does success mean to you? Oh, that's a great question. That's actually one I've been asking myself for a long time, and I'm still not entirely sure. Um, I guess just being happy with what I'm making, because it can be so hard to, like, be satisfied. No one ever says, like, I want to make a million dollars by the time I'm 35. Mm. No one talks about money. It's really interesting. Oh, yeah. 
No, I mean, I would love, I mean, I would love to see having one central studio space <laughs> with what I need and like, yeah, with all the things that I miss from Alfred and with like an awesome garden with winding paths and like really nice tub that I can soak in at the end of the day. <laughs> and like, like, I, so, I mean, yeah, that would be, that would be really awesome. Do you think about having your own glass blowing studio at some point with your own assistants and interns mm. and doing the things that, you know, you, the, the bigger things that are in mm. your mind. Yeah. I mean, I love that idea. I mean, I know there, oh, there's so much involved in actually making that dream come true. Um, but I could see like, I could see it being possible, you know, one day, maybe I got, I'm, I mean, I, oh, yeah, I'm still just, I guess I'm still deciding if I want, if I want that commitment. Cause the, once you, I mean, once you, do that then you're like all in and it's your whole life and I want it to be but at the same time I I gotta find the right balance of like having the freedom to still go and do when I want to so yeah I mean I've definitely thought about it sometimes I'm like sometimes I always come back to well yeah it's not your studio so <laughs> oh yeah it's not my studio I forgot so I do like the idea of um yeah like it would open a lot of doors but it would also be limiting in some ways too. Uh-huh, for sure. Yeah, it's hard to expand and sort of think about that next leap and that next step because you do have to give some things up mm -hmm. if you want to get bigger or yeah. I mean that's just the nature of it. Right. So what is something that is particularly difficult for you in this whole creative practice that you're doing? What's like the hardest thing for you? Oh man, the hardest thing is the computer work. Anything on a computer. <laughs> all of it, all that. Oh. And like, um, I still haven't quite resolved the best studio lighting situation. So I'm still pretty frustrated by the images. Like I know what I'm looking for, but I haven't quite seen it yet. And it's, I, I still got to make some adjustments. So yeah, that's always a work in progress, huh? Yeah. <laughs> then it's like all the uploading the like, oh my God, like, just, just like, I have no patience for it. It's terrible. What traits are you most proud of in yourself? Mm. Yeah, I'm all about positive encouragement and uh, myself and others. People have often told me I'm a trooper and <laughs> I actually really like that. I'm like, yeah, man, I'll just keep on, I'll just keep on trucking. Like, doesn't matter how hard it is, just keep doing it. No problem. Like, and uh, yeah, yeah. You persevere. Yeah, totally. That's not hard for you to keep showing up and yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's definitely, yeah, that's great. Is there something that you're aching to change either in yourself or mm. dare I say it in the world? Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just want to, Oh, I just want to bring more love into the world <laughs> and for myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to be the love. <laughs> it's hard. That's good to work toward though. And to just be, you just have to do that like every day. And yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It should really be easy. <laughs> oh, right. Like everything. Right. No one told us that. Did they, did someone tell right. us it was going to be easy? Right. I don't remember that. I missed that day. Never. What do you look forward to at the end of the day? Oh, bed. I love bedtime so much. I love like being horizontal, pet my cat. just like, just drifting off so good I guess I could have guessed that <sighs> awesome 
Okay. Are you ready for your rapid fire questions? I think so. Okay. Okay. The first one is if you could sit down with another female artist and have a conversation kind of like this one, who would you ask and what would you talk about? Okay. So I would love to nerd out with Joanna Manusis. She is an incredible glass artist that um, is working towards her doctorate in glass right now in England. And she just blows my mind. Like um, I had the pleasure of meeting her at Alfred and um, I would just want to have more conversations with her. Just, I just want to nerd out over like optical quality and like, <laughs> and, like what glass she likes best and like her process and um, how she makes things so beautifully shiny. I would love to talk to her more. Oh, She's wonderful. So cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. Describe for us one of your favorite outdoor spots. Ooh, that's so hard being in Door County, but um, so many of them. You know, I got to say um, the trails I ride, there's some close to my house. It's called Snowcraft and I love that place. That's one of the best. I just really, I love that place. It's so good. It's nice to have. Great. But, um, but yeah, all the parks. Yeah, you have good parks up there. All right. What's your comfort food? Definitely chocolate. I try and do dark chocolate, so I feel less guilty, but it's definitely like when I'm having a rough day, I need me some chocolate. And that's easy to take a yeah. quick bite of in between. Nibble, walk away, nibble a little. Okay. I'm happy again. Okay. This is good. I'm guessing you can't keep it in your pocket though during the day. Cause it nope, would melt, nope. right? Nope. <laughs> Definitely. Don't keep it on your person. All right. Last one is, can you describe your creative practice in three words? Mm, um, intense, physical, potent. Oh, I like that. Thank you. Thank you, Chelsea. It's been (laughs) such a pleasure. Yeah, this was a really good talk. To find out more about the work that you do and what's all behind it. And I'm really excited to see the pieces that you're making for (laughs) Indiana Green. And I know we're not supposed to like touch things in an exhibit, but I kind of hope I get to touch it a little Mm, bit. (laughs) I know. I love that they make you want to touch them. That's what I love about my pieces. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Uh, Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I really hope you like this episode. Here are the takeaways. Number one, there are endless possibilities if you're paying attention to what the glass wants. Number two, Chelsea says, I will stop underestimating the power of my drive and what I can accomplish. Number three, stop being so hard on yourself. And number four, Mountain biking and glass blowing are both good ways to look hard at yourself and know that there are only certain things you can control. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Acknowledge the mess and keep going. Bunk, bunk, bunk.